something a black bag. Have we got your attention? Welcome, Gravediggers, to the spooky edition of the podcast by the cemetery. Why is it the spooky edition? Yeah, because it's we're doing ghost movies. Oh, spooky! Well, I guess yeah, everything's spooky that we do, though, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm your host, Scott. I'm Randall. And over in the corner here is our spiritual medium, Tim. Hi. He's going to be conjuring spirits tonight. He is. And probably getting possessed, and then we'll just let the spirit possess him and whatever. But tonight on our episode, we will be uh, skipping over the news because we've been gone for a bit. So we'll just jump right into what we've been watching. Uh, Randall's Tunes from the Crypt. And we will be reviewing uh, The Legend of Hell House and We Are Still Here. Yeah, it's been a long time, but we're yeah. back. Yay! We're Yay! Back. Uh, so yeah, get your shovels handy and let's dig in. <laughs> so how's it going, everybody? Uh, I know you've had it. Like, yeah, a lot it's... of stuff going on, but like, yeah, how about I'm, you? I'm here. You're... Yeah, I'll say. Thankfully, you're here. You're back. We're and together again. We are ready to do this. We are gonna fuck this podcast up. Hand in hand, we will be singing songs and kicking ass. I, we've never done that before. I don't think we should start. So, <laughs> but it sounds like why so don't much we fun. just do the podcast instead? Fair. I, uh, I guess. I mean, gotta have a little more excitement, though. All right. Well, my what have you been watching list is shorter than yours, <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and start. All right. So yeah, <laughs> this is that. like all out of fucking order because I was just trying to like piecemeal it together from. Uh, the podcast web uh, Facebook page. So I watched the 1980 or 81. I can't remember. It's 80 or 81 Bigfoot movie night of the demon. That one's pretty great. Super cheesy, uh, pretty violent. There's a a pretty infamous Dick rip scene in it. (laughs) Nice. It's a good one. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it if you're into violent Bigfoot movies. <laughs> I I didn't even know there was such a thing as a like a genre as Bigfoot yeah. There's like movies. a subgenre. Oh, yeah, there's like fuck the Abominable Snowman and Bigfoot, and you know there's the Legend of Boggy Creek, and and then there's the new one, Primal Rage. Yeah, I've heard that huh. one's pretty good. Yeah, we should do a uh, Bigfoot Bigfoot uh, themed episode one of these days. <laughs> one of these days we will. I rewatched Frankenhooker. I hadn't seen that in a while. My favorite <laughs> Hannah Lauder film. That's wild because that like movie. Brain Damage and Basket Case are so much better. But Frankenhooker is pretty entertaining. Oh, I've seen it's Frankenhooker and Basket Case. Basket Case is about that day? weird little yeah yeah weird little creature thing. Right? I rewatched Hereditary again. Uh, that one is just like uncomfortably personal for me. Every time I watch it, it like gets into my head a little bit more. Still haven't seen that. It hits yeah. home on a really personal level, and it's just like it's a really incredibly well made film. The yeah. director put all kinds of 
like subtle foreshadowing in it and like almost like little Easter egg type things for for rewatches that you won't even notice until you've watched it a, a few times or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, there is so much to dig into in that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Really, really good. And uh, before we move on, though, I just want to give a plug. Uh, my uh, buddy, Mr. Watson from the Horror Corridor, did a uh, spoiler-free, then spoiler-filled episode on uh, Hereditary. And if you want to know, like, just dive deep into that film, listen to that episode of his podcast. It is incredible. That's cool. Horror corridor. Well, then, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I rewatched Biggest Luna's Anguish, that uh, stars Zelda Rubenstein and Michael Lerner. It's really weird, surreal, trippy. It's one of those like movie within a movie within a movie type things. Ah. Yeah, uh. it's pretty cool. Very interesting and unique. I rewatched Carrie for the first time in quite a while. I've never seen that either. That's damn it. crazy. I, I, that, I, I need one to of the very that. best King adaptations, easily top five King adaptation. Um, I know my mom said it was. She like watched it in the theaters or something. I think she. Said. It's really good. Yeah, it's incredible. early Brian De Palma. It showed like an incredible amount of talent and promise of what was to come from that guy. And it was a theme that he would carry on in later films like The Fury, <clears throat> the uh, the whole telekinesis thing. Oh, nice. <coughs> I rewatched Inside, the French film. A good Wee-wee. Christmas movie right there. Yeah, that's a good Christmas movie. That one's fucking <laughs> is it? just a bloodbath. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it is. So brutal. just gore, gore, gore galore. And very, in the, you know, the French Grand Guignol fashion like since high tension or whatever wait what was that called french Gr- what grand, grand guignol are you not familiar with the murder theater uh-huh no i'm france not. yeah it was a theater where they would act out like murders and rape and stuff like that on stage oh wow with blood and yeah was... huh. yeah i did not realize that in the 1800s i think early 1900s late 1800s uh, French are crazy, man. Another French movie I watched, <laughs> Frankenstein 90. I had never seen that before. Really more of a comedy than a horror film, but, uh, you know, also horror film because it's like a twist on the the Frankenstein story. Sure. I don't think sure. I've even heard of that one be- until you posted about it. Same it was here, pretty man. entertaining. It was, you know, kind of sleazy and fun. and I like sleazy. Yay. <laughs> uh, I rewatched Human Centipede. Oh god, that one is great. still uh, pretty entertaining. It's mm. uh, no. it's not something I'm gonna watch very often, but like the performances carry it, and it's yeah, theater laser is yeah. the doctor is just great. <clears throat> it's mm. sufficiently twisted. <laughs> I rewatched Frailty for the first time in quite a while. Does that hold up? Uh, yeah, it was still pretty cool because yeah, I have that on my list to be watched for the first time sometime this month. Let's, I'll watch it's a cool story. Uh, good acting. You know, Bill Paxton. Yeah. It was when McConaughey kind of started to be more uh, consistent. Like, it was the beginning of his career becoming slightly consistent. Oh, okay. <clears throat> which really took off when he did True Detective. And surprisingly, uh-huh. I, after all these years of Frail to Being Out, I have not, I've heard, like, there's, like, huge, like, plot stuff that happens, and... 
don't know any of us. Somehow I've avoided having that spoiled. Really? It's cool. It just powers Booth in it, too. And, you know, it's pretty good. Like, I, I know the general gist of it, and I've never seen it. Yeah, I, I finally watched the Criterion Blu-ray of Night of the Living Dead. That looks really fantastic. Does it? Yeah, it looks great. They don't fuck around, though. No, Criterion really doesn't. I mean, he had issues with Silence of the Lambs, but I think that's the only complaint I've heard so far from Criterion. I rewatched Phantasm for like the millionth time. I know you like that movie. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I think everybody on our podcast Facebook page knows that by now. <laughs> <laughs> I do post a lot of tall man stuff. Yes, That's, you do. <laughs> some of them are pretty damn funny, though. Yeah. I rewatched Bloodsucking Freaks for the first time in quite a while. Oh, that wow. movie, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a weird, disturbing little like pre proto torture porn kind yeah. of. You know, it was high school when I watched that, or something, <laughs> or shortly thereafter. Yeah, because I watched that for the first time, and like that was when I was finally just kind of digging into the, like the less known horror films, and oh, that one. I felt dirty afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's a gross movie. I rewatched this fucking cool ass movie called The Pit about this weird little social outcast misfit introvert kid that finds a hole in the woods behind his yard that's oh. full of like little troglodyte creatures <laughs> oh, nice. that he feeds people to, like people that he doesn't like. <laughs> nice. he's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. He's weird. He talks to his fucking teddy bear and he has this creepy crush on his babysitter, and it's a really weird, like, really weird, creepy, unique film. It's very one-of-a-kind. Uh, I guess it shares, like, traits with a couple of other movies, like Bad Ronald or The Bad Seed or something like that, but it's it's fairly unique. <clears throat> I guess in the book... Uh, all of the stuff with the teddy bear and everything is like in the kid's head and hmm. so is maybe the stuff in the pit, but the movie takes a different approach and everything is like actually there. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. I finally watched Paul Verhoeven's L from a few years ago, his most recent film, kind of like a, not really a rape revenge, but like, I don't even, it's, more of a drama than anything else, but it's, like, a really violent, disturbing drama that has, like, rape and murder and lots of just random bits of violence in it that, you know, typical Verhoeven-level violence, too, like, gruesome shit. And I was just gonna say, I didn't even know that he was uh, still making movies. Not... Very often, uh, I think this is like the only film he's done in the last decade or so. Well, but what's he known for? Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers Robocop. RoboCop, Total Recall. Okay. Plus, he did a lot of films in his native Denmark before here, like uh, Soldier of Orange and The Fourth Man is really like really good Hitchcock worship. Huh, okay, cool. Thanks. I didn't. I was didn't know who he was. Yeah, but I, I, that's that's one thing we could do. We're gonna give you knowledge. As much as we can. He really broke into American film with like a Swords and Sandals movie called Flesh and Blood with Rutger Hauer and Jennifer Jason Leigh. I've heard of that one. It's pretty good. I watched The Burning for like the millionth time with yeah, Tim. That was fun. I liked that movie. Yeah, that movie rules. Lots of familiar faces and good gore and sleaze and quotability. Yeah. Cool yeah. score. 
cool slasher icon, cool weapon. It was all good. I liked yep. it. Yeah, Enjoyable. That, that movie is just a lot of fun. But a great summer uh, film to watch, too. Yeah, it's, on summer camp. it's my second favorite summer camp slasher film after Final Chapter, which isn't even technically a summer camp slasher film. I, I mean... Man, I don't know if I would say that one or Sleep Sleepaway Camp 1 or 2 I like better. I like Sleepaway Camp a lot, but I like The Burning more. <clears throat> I re or uh, I watched um Dante Tomaselli's Desecration for the first time. It's been on my list for a really long time. It's a pretty surreal movie that's like deeply rooted in Catholicism and Satan. So, I mean, <clears throat> that appeals to me. Right on your right up your alley. He's uh <sighs> I want to say he's like the nephew of Alfred Soule, the guy that did Alice Sweet Alice. Oh, okay. Which is also deeply rooted in Catholicism. But it was pretty cool. I don't want to say it was like great or anything, but it it was good. It was unique and interesting and he did a lot with what he had. It had some cool set pieces in it and imagery. Nice. Oh, yeah. I rewatched Tales from the Hood. Oh yeah, yes. for like the millionth time. It's <laughs> still one of my favorite '90s movies. Fantastic. I'm sorry to hear that the new one was so dumb. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I rewatched Cabin in the Woods. That one's still pretty good. Uh, I can't yeah. remember if I've I like seen it. That. I don't like it nearly as much as most of the people who like it. Yeah, I I enjoy it. My biggest biggest complaint is it's so fucking dark. Like when it's all the wood shots and everything, it is just right. like you you don't see ha- half the shit that's going on. Even on the Blu-ray, I thought it would change. And I have plenty of complaints about it. It suffers from a lot of like my least favorite horror tropes, like the fucking guest jeans model looking actors. They're <laughs> yes, way too geez. goddamn pretty and. And I think that's what it was kind of going for. Though. Yeah, I understand that they're supposed to be because they're like these sacrifices and blah blah blah. And they're mocking the genre, like the nineties genre. Yeah, I still. Genre. Yeah. Is guest jeans still a thing? Really? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what reference to make for like <laughs> for jeans current or whatever. Uh, Rand- I Randy wears bugle boy. <laughs> I wear Wranglers because I wear I'm cheap. Oshkosh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I watched Cooties again. That one's pretty funny, pretty entertaining. Yeah, Cooties is a blast, and Elijah Wood is just great in it. Oh, I, I need to see that. It's yeah. about, like, little killer zombie kids in a fucking elementary school. Even better. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah I like a movie that has the balls to kill kids. And, yeah. <laughs> and this one fun. does it. Yeah, they kill a, they kill a bunch of kids. <laughs> I uh, watched Touch of Death, the Fulci film, for the hey, first time. So did I, for the first time. That was very interesting. Kind of weird. Yeah, very not, weird. Sort of, sort of, kind of, kind of, sort of a giallo, but not really. Uh, it almost felt like an 80s sex comedy type feel to it, too. I don't know about sex comedy, but just like an. Just it, had, weird. it was quirky. It had its quirks and stuff, and was fairly lighthearted at times for being as like brutally violent as it was at others. Yeah. But it was good. I'm glad that I bought it being like the Fulci fan that I am and wanting to have all of his good stuff. All of them. And the fact that these 88 films, Blu-rays are just like here and gone like that. And yeah, like I missed eyeball and it fucking still haunts me. Hmm. 
Yeah, because I, I didn't even know that they were region free, so I've been, I stopped even looking at them. You can't even get a copy of Eyeball for less than 50 bucks now. Ouch. It fucking oh. pisses me off. But that's everything. That's my oh. list. Wow. All right. Well, let me pull up my list here on Letterboxd. Uh, Ooh, Scott's all technical. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier than just writing it down. Today's podcast brought to you by Letterboxd, except we're not. <laughs> So there's, I'm going to go through some of my older films first, and then I got a ton of 2018 stuff to talk about. Yeah. But since uh, September started, I started my countdown to Halloween, which you've probably seen me post on uh, the podcast page and all that. Hmm. Uh, but I ended up watching uh, the 80s movie Troll. That movie is just a lot of fun. Little... Like the John Carl Buechler one? Yes. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. The effects are good. Yeah, it's like fantasy horror not even really that horror but it's like it's just entertaining cool effects and uh yeah just uh all around fun you even see a couple uh what was it a character named harry potter is in the movie what really (laughs) yeah that's just weird oh it's uh it's silly but it's entertaining um then well tim and i already talked about that one the void yeah yeah if if you if you missed that just go back one episode there you go it's it's there (laughs) Um, ended up rewatching Black Coat's Daughter for the second time, which was directed by uh, Oz Perkins, which is Anthony Perkins' son. Who? Uh, Anthony Perkins. He was uh, Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh, okay. Yeah, Black Cor- Black Black Corpse. <laughs> Black Coat's Daughter is uh, basically an exorcism style film where these girls are in a reform school and everybody is left for the winter except for the sisters and the mother and then the the two girls end up missing their ride so they're stuck there okay and then just weird shit happens in the school like while they're there okay and then it kind of bounces between that story and another character like back and forth kind of like in different times it's interesting very Um, well put together film i still need to see that i've been wanting to (laughs) but with terrarium like you know out of commission it's like well you all you got to do is ask me if you want to borrow it shut up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that was also i didn't realize it but that was an a24 film too so another awesome a24 film well look at them go then uh rewatched prince of darkness what Hmm? but yeah rewatched john carpenter's prince of darkness that one's really great yeah that i liked it even more this time around it's uh, it's slowly been climbing its way up my John Carpenter ladder for my entire life. Like, God, it might even might even be top three now after oh, wow, like uh, the thing, Escape from New York, Halloween. I guess it would be Ooh. number four. I guess it would be top top four. I love Escape from New York. I know it's definitely. Close to my top five now, because before... It edged out the fog only just recently, within the last few years. Yeah, I still love the fog. It's great. It's one of the best fucking ghost stories ever. Speaking of which, I watched the fog. Oh, (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, because I got both of these (laughs) on that Scream Factory. books or whatever? Yeah, Yeah, those Steelbook Blu-rays. I wanted to check them out, because all I had was their DVD. Yeah, that's definitely... Like, you know what? I really want to double dip on a lot of these, because... The DVDs are so bare bones or whatever, but I just I can't just do, just hold out, man. You bring my four K is getting it. so cheap. You'll yeah. probably have one of those in a couple years, right. and then you might as well just buy. I plan them. on getting one of those with my taxes next year. Yeah, so. yeah. And then I uh, 
was it? watched uh, uh just a, the the fog if you haven't if you're not aware the fog is kind of john carpenter's ode to the third blind dead movie ghost galleon and it's the least good blind dead movie but if you've never seen a blind dead movie then i mean don't don't start with that one <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the third one too. You said right? Yeah, and there's they're three not, or four. There's four, and they're not exactly linear. I mean, the f- the second one is basically a remake of the first one, and the fourth one is kind of a continuation of the second one. So okay, because I got all four, and they are still in my to watch pile, and I have not seen them yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm planning on hitting up a couple of those Return of the Evil one. Dead. The second Blind Dead movie is like the best one, and then Night of the Seagulls. The fourth one is the second best one. Seagulls. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely be watching those and talking about them sometime soon here. Uh we'll be coming back to the blind dead later. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh but then we ended up wa- uh, I ended up watching uh Psycho. And Excellent. I'm talking about the nineties remake. No. Oh, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Vince Vaughn for life, man. You're you get to see Anne Hayes' butthole in that movie. I know. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh just uh, I love Psycho, and I just had to rewatch it because I had that Blu-ray sitting over there forever. So I wanted to it's watch great. One of the classics. It's uh, one of my top twenty. It's um, the only thing that really drags it down these days is the exposition at the end, where the psychiatrist is like explaining everything. Yeah, like that's that's the only thing that dates it or does anything negative toward it, and it's only slight. Like I would still give it a nine point seven five. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think nine point seven five. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's definitely a must-watch. It's point. a masterclass and like deception and like you never like he just. <laughs> I imagine the 1960 audience, and like after the shower scene. Yeah. Like oh Jesus, well what the fuck's gonna happen now? You and know? apparently there was something about it when it was in theaters, like, you could not show up late. Like, if you showed up late, yeah, you'd be denied Yeah, they wouldn't the let theater. you in. Yeah. Yeah, you'd <laughs> yeah, be there, like, right on time, just so you, if you well, want to jump in. Have you ever seen that movie Hitchcock with Anthony Hopkins? I've been wanting to. It's really great. It's basically about the making of Psycho. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really fantastic. I'll definitely have to check that out then, because, yeah, I've been, I've seen, I've seen the previous for it when it was back coming out on HBO or whatever it was. Yeah, it's really, really good. Highly recommended. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, then I went on uh, kind of a mini horror comedy route and went with uh, Shaun of the Dead, which oh. you know is still one of my favorite zombie movies. Like not zo- not altogether, but like favorite zombie comedies. That one's good, but it doesn't like it. It doesn't hold up for me as much as it. Like I don't like it as much as I used to. Yeah, I think it's gone down like uh half a point maybe for me but it's still i still enjoy the hell out of it the british humor and it just yeah it's it, fun yeah just makes it fun um and then i know you and i will agree on this one one of the best horror comedies what we do in the shadows yeah oh, i like that movie too yes. the movie's incredible yeah. i've seen it a few times now and it's still always as funny as it was the first time basically it's, it's good dry humor yeah and it's just like you can tell they had a their knowledge of vampire films throughout the ages too, with just everything they put into them, and it was just smartly written. Just yeah, the f- <laughs> the there are a couple of scenes that just cracked me up to no end. <laughs> it remind in a way it reminds me of Monty Python. I don't know why, but it does. I could see that. Yeah, just like the- if they were to make a fucking vampire movie, maybe it would have been something like that. I could see that, and I guess there's a. Uh, 
TV show coming out real soon that's supposed to be like a... About the cops? Uh, that one's actually out already in New Zealand, I guess. Gross. Hmm. And then, uh... Like, of all the things to pick to fucking expand upon from that movie, you pick those goddamn cops? Well, I'm thinking that'd be kind of interesting, just because, you know, that way they don't have to stick with one type of genre, they can just bounce around. Well, I thought around. they were gonna do the the Werewolves thing. That's still in the works as a sequel okay. to what we've been... What we are... What we do in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now here's my extensive list of 2018 films that I watched. I'll start with one that Tim and I decided to watch because we wanted just some stupid, dumb, action, blockbuster style movie. And that was Rampage. Oh, yeah. We what? watched Rampage. F- Why are you even talking about that? Because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like a Next. kaiju movie. <laughs> Got some big old monsters in it. Oh, some monsters, yeah. I mean, but it's it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And, and The Rock. Don't. <laughs> say good things about that movie. Oh no, there wasn't much good to say about it. And then uh I had to decide I ended up getting a screener to review for pop horror called uh kind of, funny enough called Revenge, but this one is uh a Norwegian and it's called Heaven H E V N. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but like in English that means revenge. And that was a pretty no. decent like revenge film. In English, that means heaven. In Norwegian, that means revenge. Oh, now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's about a girl who lost her sister to this uh, she to suicide, and her sister committed suicide because this guy did uh, like horrible acts to her when she was younger. Kind kind of relevant to what's going on now, and uh, she ended up uh, yeah committing suicide. So her older sister decides to hunt this guy down mm-hmm. and basically ruin his life not necessarily go straight out and kill him she's slowly just making his just tearing his life apart in just like many different ways well that sounds cool yeah it was really well done and just beautifully shot revenge is a dish best served cold it is uh then i ended up watching it's a dessert i forget the director's name but uh he ended up uh, it's called unsane and it was filmed on an iphone 10 jesus christ and it was like a big you know, big budget. Oh, yeah, actually, wait, yeah, wasn't we, it? Fuck. Um, the guy that did like Oceans, one uh, of the Oceans movies. Yeah, Soderbergh. Yes, that's actually yeah, supposed to I be really good. Reading yeah. about that, it's actually yeah, not bad. I, uh, from here on out, I'm going to give these ratings because these are like possible contenders for the end of the year for me. Oh, okay. Like you know, but uh, Unsane was just a lot of fun. This woman just thinks she has someone stalking her. Well, she got stalked when she was couple years back and she's still paranoid about it and everything like that so she goes to an and uh goes to see her therapist and her therapist has her sign some paperwork which ends up leading her into being uh locked into an asylum yeah Uh. and she's for and she's not supposed she shouldn't be there because she was acting fine and yeah it just goes to hell after that she's she starts losing her mind more bedlam Hooray! But I I would give that about a seven point two five out of ten. Institutionalized, entertaining film, entertainment. Yeah. Um. Then I ended up watching Dead Night, starring Barbara Crampton, which was she's been doing a lot lately. Yeah, that's cool. Girls and, gotta eat, man. Right. Well, I know she was it any good. Yeah, it's actually. Uh, it might still be on my top ten. I haven't looked yet, but uh, yeah, it's basically this family has gone out into the woods into this cabin like in the middle of winter and uh it cuts back and forth to like a 
almost like one of those Crime Stopper style reenactment <laughs> movies. Oh boy! And like it's reenacting certain scenes, and they'd go back to what actually really happened. And it's interesting how it's filmed because it just goes back and forth throughout the movie like that, and it's very uh, cultish. So like I'm starting to see a theme with cults this uh, year. Yeah, and, and Barbara Crampton's actually badass in this movie. Like cool. really huh. good. Like I mean, she's almost always good, but generally, um, yeah. Cults are fun. Yeah, I would give this one an 8.5. That's pretty know. good. Okay. What's it called? Uh, Dead Night. Dead Night. Dead Night. <laughs> uh, and then this one... Uh, Randy's tired. I've known two versions, or this one's going by two different na- or two names. One's longer, one's shorter. It's uh, Incident, uh, Incident in a Ghostland, or also known as just Ghostland. Hmm. Uh, actually directed by the guy that did Martyrs, the original okay. Martyrs. And it's... Um, her mother and two daughters go to a cabin or not cabin, go to their aunt's house that I guess their aunt passed away or something. So they're going to like stay there. And then a home invasion happens. And then it like, after all the shit that happens there, it cuts to 16 years in the future. And, uh, one the, one of the girls goes back, the two girls go back to that house after everything that happens and. More fucked up shit happens. More fucked up shit. This. Well, that's kind of very reminiscent of Martyrs. Is it? Have you not seen I, Martyrs? I, honestly, I've only I've only watched it once, and I vaguely remember it. Martyrs is about a girl who is being held captive and tortured, and she escapes, and then she goes back to get revenge. Oh, okay. Like, a few years later or something. Well, she's not going back to get revenge in this, though. They're just going back to the house because of what happened. Yeah, but, I mean, it's the same, like, it's girl trauma leaves goes back it's i mean you know because yeah, I, I can already tell you this is not nearly as violent as martyrs but it's still like has some pretty vicious moments and like the acting is amazing the story is pretty cool and right. has you wondering what the fuck is actually really going on it really fucks with your head and this is in my like way up there on my list for top 10 so far it's a 9.25 out of 10 oh wow this movie was incredible. Well, I'll watch it. And then you'll be the judge. <laughs> uh, then I watched uh, Summer of 84. Yeah, how was that? Uh, actually, not as, not as great as everyone was saying. Not as bad as I was expecting Is it just to be. another Member Berry movie? Not really. Like, the way they... Like, the only thing that really screams Member Berries is if you, like, look in the background, you may see some, like, 80s posters but they're not like ghostbusters and like the most nostalgia driven ones it's more like evil dead and things like that you'd see in the background and it kind of plays out like uh rear window and uh was it disturbia oh it's another one of those like mimic three like there are so many movies that have used that little i mean that's fright night you know yeah and uh yeah and it's like the first three quarters i'm going okay i don't see how this is a horror film it's really uh cool story i'm enjoying it the actors are really good and it's not like blowing the 80s and <laughs> like there's no just 80s pop music playing in the background all of it's it's almost all synth music for the most part and it's like very subtle um but that third act is where it like kicks into high gear and i'm going oh yep i see why this is horror now okay i it's like still on that edge of horror thriller right but it gets to go some places where i'm going well oh, i didn't expect that and so i I think I ended up giving this one an 8 out of 10. 
Still really good. Just that seems like a really high rating. Oh, I it know does. people that are giving it like nine somethings. Like they just <laughs> love this movie. That's so. Uh, I guess I can't say because I haven't seen it yet. But like, man, people are just—I don't know. People are a little flippant with their ratings. A little loose. Well, it also depends on their likes too. Sure, but how like, much entertainment they got. How many mo- how many like, movies come out a year that are actually worth over an eight out of a ten? Yeah, I mean, right. um. For me, there's been quite a few, like from last year, and I've bought most of them. <laughs> I think Hereditary is the only movie I've seen this year that I would rank over an 8 out of 10. Oh, shit. Hereditary is almost a 10. <laughs> Maybe Annihilation. I think I gave that one like an 8.5. I liked that movie. Yeah, and then uh, ended up watching one called Lodgers, which is a Netflix original. Oh, boy. And uh, it is about this uh, brother and sister... That has, uh, they're stained. loggers and they cut yes. down trees. No, lodgers, <laughs> not loggers, lodgers, smartass, <laughs> lumberjacks. But this one is more like a uh, cat's made of liquid, a gothic period piece in a way, which is really cool. And it's like a ghost story. That's cool. And yeah, these these brother and the brother and sister are cursed because of this house and everything, and they have to kind of stay there and like they can only go out to like get supplies to live. But if they try to leave and like the ghosts know it, they come after him and whoever's with them oh no but yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> oh dear it was a pretty good movie i think i would give that one about a 7.5 out of 10 okay right on uh then the next one i ended up watching uh called family blood another netflix one this movie was dumb that sounds like a good <laughs> yeah, one. i was just gonna say that's a dumb title this movie was it was just dumb it's ba- like it. it almost reminded me of Trying to be the uh, what was it addiction? That movie that uh, uh did Miss Forty Five. Oh, the Abel Ferreira vampire yeah. movie with Christopher Walken. Yeah, that's what it reminded me. Like it was trying to do. Yeah, like, it's just like, like a really slow, moody vampire movie. Yeah, and the woman is uh an addict or an ex addict that's going like, but then she gets bit by a vampire. And no one believes her that she's off the drugs now because she's looking all cracked out and shit. Right. It was, I, it was below average. I'd give that one about a four point seven five. So very good. I was bored through most of it. Poor, oh no, poor Scott. Uh, The next one up is uh, Bloodfest. 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 Ooh. (laughs) I'd go there. Bloodfest. uh, (sighs) Trying to remember the guys that did this one once again off the top of my head, but uh, oh, it was done by the guys at Rooster Teeth who did uh, Blue (laughs) versus Red. Or Red vs. Blue. The oh, that stupid show? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't have any interest in watching and that. I didn't know it was by them until I watched, started watching it. And yeah, this movie, it's basically these teens go to a, what they call, what is a blood fest, a horror festival in, of sorts. And while they're there, all of a sudden the announcer is like, oh, and by the way, you're in a horror movie. And people just start getting slaughtered by these like people that come out of nowhere. And then like weird they go each segment has different horror movie monsters that they have to like try to run through and so it's the running man kind of yeah (laughs) except for it's not like one big boss against one guy type deal Hmm. but uh the the comedy in this was just cringeworthy i just you don't say the guys that did red versus blue didn't do a good job with their comedy yeah wow (laughs) i can't believe it 
Uh, and it was, yeah, the comedy was terrible. The, there was some pretty cool gore, but it's not enough for me to ever to come back to this one. Like the Blood part fest. that part that really pissed me off because they were trying to like, <laughs> like it was people like for each monster. It was like, oh, we hired these clowns off Craigslist and blah, blah, blah. Like stupid <laughs> excuses like that. Like legit. Really? That's yeah. Crazy. And, uh, yeah. You okay. Just, I don't want to get into the you other You could just get random spoil. clowns from Craigslist to kill people. That makes sense. You could probably. But yeah, this movie, I would give it, like, a five. Sounds like you're maybe being generous. I am kind of am. I mean, because it's shot well and everything like that, but, oh, it annoyed the hell out of me. I'm going to steal this copy of Munchies. It's mine now. No, it's mine now. Fuck off. Seems good. You can do that. Uh, This one, Tim and I ended up watching together. I watched something. Mandy. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I do want to see that. That was exciting. It looks, like, really trippy and cool. Oh, dude, it is fucking weird. Very fucked up, yes. It also kind of looks like maybe I won't like it as much as a lot of people are, but I, I still expect to like it. I think you'll enjoy it. I love it when Nicolas Cage has a good role. I mean, it's it's a rarity, but when he's good, he's like fucking super good. Yeah, yeah and he, he's he was, really good at yeah, this. He was built for this part. It's a <clears> little, when he does a, a good weird, movie, but... it's, a, it's a good movie. You know, it's like fucking raising arizona or wild at heart or lord of war or like you know something good right yeah he did fantastic in this and just like the storyline it it's a kind of simple storyline it's just a revenge film because something happens to uh, his daughter his, or something uh, his girlfriend his girlfriend and so he goes on a rampage but holy crap is this like it, it if you were on acid this would probably really fuck with you this movie's weird this movie actually kind of follows the arc of like if you were to like be on some sort of hallucinogen like take it like 10 minutes before you watch the movie and you'll It'll just yield. It'll, it'll yeah, be the it craziest flows, ride like it of would your be life. On, like a peak, and then it right. starts to come down. Type. Oh, it's it's, it's insane nuts. too. And the cool. colors and everything. Like this movie was designed to mess with people's. I'm like, pretty stoked to see it. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this one. I ended up giving a. I think it was a nine point five. I really love this movie. Yeah, I was I was very thoroughly impressed with it, and I would like to watch it again. Uh, and then. Right, next up was one called Ruin Me that was a Shutter exclusive I decided to check out. Uh, it's about a bunch of, I'd say, college age, older uh, group of people go out into the woods for what is called a slasher, like a slasher sleep out or something like that, where it's kind of like uh, a haunted escape room style deal where they go out into the woods. and Those are very popular right now. Yeah. A haunted escape room? I don't even say haunted in this one. Because it's a slasher style, but uh, yeah, they're just in the woods and they gotta find these clues and try to figure out how to get out of there. And of course, like in typical horror movie fashion, the game they're playing ends up being real and they start getting picked off one by one. <laughs> and it was okay; it wasn't uh, great, but it's it's worth a watch. I'd give that one about a were seven the kills out of ten. Good. Uh, there were some cool, some cool kills. Uh, the ending left me a little I mean, annoyed. With a movie like that, all that matters is the violence and or nudity. So yeah, and there is like uh, one scene that I can remember of some pretty good nudity. And then, all right, like the gore is not amazing, but it's not bad. And the ending is just kind of, eh. but it, I'd give it about a seven out of ten, okay. maybe six point five, seven out of ten, somewhere around there. All right, and then. Uh, 
Next, I ended up watching, well, I talked about Bloodfest, so might as well talk about Hellfest. Huh. Oh, the, uh... One that just came out in theaters. Amusement Park thing or whatever? Yep. Yeah. It was? Uh, it was like, this one's almost like, uh, think of the Renaissance Festival, but for horror fans. Huh. That'd be fun. Yeah, it just, it was, uh... It's a thing, huh? Well, I don't... I, Apparently it is in these movies. I mean, I've never heard of it. It could be. Right. Somebody could make one. Yeah, they go It's just like a giant <laughs> cosplay thing. It kind of seems like it, yeah. And, like, there's, like, you know, attractions and uh, things to do and, like, games and, uh, like, haunted trails and haunted houses and stuff like that to go through. And, and then people get killed because it's real. Well, yeah, there's a killer that's, like, stalking, like, he basically sets his eyes on one person and then stalks them relentlessly throughout the rest of the movie and... Uh, some pretty cool gore moments, uh, cool set pieces with, like, the whole amusement park setup and everything. Yeah. Really felt kind of like, uh, almost felt 80s the way it was done. Like, it wasn't being 80s, but it just kind of had that feeling. Right. And, uh, the chase, like, the final chase scene was pretty freaking awesome. Like, it was, uh, especially for seeing a slasher in theaters. It's, like nowadays is pretty rare. Sure, yeah. I mean, obviously coming up we'll have a big named one, but right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, like lately there hasn't really been a slasher in theaters, and I didn't even know this was in like all theaters. I thought it was like select theaters, so I didn't even bother going to see it because I was like, oh, the only place it's playing is probably like far away. Is it still playing? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Just started huh. this last weekend. Right on. It was. I went to uh, rave cinemas here down the road and checked it out for like five bucks at a matinee. That's cool. But yeah, this was. Pretty well, fun. Fuck, if I'd have known that, I'd have gone and seen it like yesterday or today or something. Yeah, because I, I just, I think that's the problem. There hasn't been much advertisement for it. So, well, it, I mean, I wouldn't see any ads anyway. True. But like, I didn't yeah, even see right? much on Facebook. It <laughs> seems like you'd see something on Facebook about it. Right. But yeah, I think that was its downfall because it ended up only doing 5.5 million opening weekend, which is, you know, pretty small. Yeah, it's, that's not very good. But, I mean, its budget was only $5 million, so they're already over budget at least. All right. They made some, money. Recouped some money. Yep, so, hopefully, by word of mouth, people <laughs> will go to see it and get more money. If it's still in theaters uh, next week or this week, maybe I'll go see it Sunday or something. Yeah, this was a fun slasher film. I actually have Saturday night off. Maybe I'll go see it Saturday. Oh, there you go. Because <clears throat> yeah, I, I would give this about a 8.25 out of 10. Right on. Nice. Yeah, right. it was... I didn't I didn't know much about it going in, and I just had fun with it. Uh, then, next up are my uh, the podcast Twenty Two Shots of Moods and Horror. They are doing a thirty one days of horror movie or thirty one day horror movie challenge, yeah. where you got to meet specific criteria and stuff like that. And like you'll be entered in a contest if you make it through all thirty one days. So I started that, and uh, ended up watching The Conjuring Two. Gross. Which, not bad. It like, was stupid. <laughs> it was, like, way too long. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, and the fucking Crooked Man stuff was all stupid. Th- those are my complaints right there. The Yeah, the length of it. And Crooked Man was way too goddamn cartoonish. And honestly, the, the that story has already been done a few times. Like, there was a fucking miniseries on Netflix or Hulu or something called Enfield Haunting that was that exact same story. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a comp. That's a really, that's like Britain's version of Amityville. That, yeah. That story. Yeah. They even had the fucking, the Warrens come investigate, mm-hmm. it, you know, just like Amityville. And it's like, those people were fucking hack. Yeah. Goddamn. They were, 
and these movies artist fucking quacks and like and these movies tend to glorify them so bad yeah they really do and those people were fucking shysters and fucking <laughs> just like <clears throat> disgusting horrible people that preyed on people who were suffering or they helped people who were fucking trying to run some scam run their damn scam or whatever they were scam artists and they right were, yeah, like the movie itself. Like, I mean, there. It's so funny to think that there are people that believe that they were like legit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking I mean, childish idiocy. It was people okay. are it was, dumb. It was okay. Like, I didn't have any single jump scares throughout the whole. Like, I I expected there'd be something to make me jump, like the first Conjuring did with the whole hand clapping scene, like coming out of the dark like that. But this one had nothing, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, that first Conjuring movie was uh, it was okay, but... Yeah. Never seen it. All of the cool stuff about that movie, they basically ripped off from other, you know, pre-existing stuff, so... All right, yeah, Conjuring 2, I would give about a 7 out of 10. It's good. It's... I'm... It's I'll good. keep it... I'll keep it in my collection. <laughs> it's not like I need to Scott get rid of this. Says it's good. Um, Next up, I ended up watching Mimic. That's that one's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came to VHS, so it's been a long time, and I forgot Guillermo del Toro directed it. Yeah, I'm not like a huge fan of it or anything, but uh, what the hell just happened? Oh, oh Tim adjusted the light. Oh, <clears throat> uh, it's 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 a little bit too long. Yeah, especially the director's cut or whatever, and I don't know, it's okay. I was driving Tim nuts with it because I threw it in and I was just kind of mm-hmm. watching it as like background stuff. The stuff he did in Spain, like Kronos and Devil's Backbone, were way better. Yeah, and yeah, I was driving Tim fu- uh, nuts with that one because that's the one I didn't I didn't mess with the aspect ratio after I put it in. Oh yeah, goddamn it! I was just like, yeah, just throw it on in the background, and he's just like, why haven't you changed it? I'm like, because I'm only half paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you still had the black bars in the top and the bottom, but it was like extra Stretched out. squished. Yeah, I was like, why? Why Why is that even an option? Who designed that? What type of TV was that supposed to display properly on? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, rewatching it, I still like the creature effects and some of the gore. It's pretty cool, but yeah, the movies, it was okay. It's, it's good, you know, passable yeah. 90s horror. Right. It's among the cool, the few cool creature movies from the 90s, like The Relic and Deep Rising and... yeah. Stuff like that. I've got the relic on LaserDisc. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, uh, and then next, uh, I told you we'd be talking about it. Uh, Tales from the Hood 2. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, man. Uh, I watched some of that with you. I'm so disappointed that it's not good. I'm going to, I want to leave with it. You got to let me borrow it so that I can watch yeah, it. Yeah, because I'll say, you, you at least got to watch it for yourself. Well, you yeah, may. I have to know because I love the first one so much. There was like, some almost like so bad they were funny scenes. Yeah, like they, they weren't like funny and like a clever Watch, smart I'm gonna way. like it or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably I can't see myself. If Scott doesn't like it, like the chances of me liking it are pretty slim. Yeah, cuz this is just it was you know, you know, the first one had it's like on the nose racism issue or topics and stuff like that, but it was done in like a cool way. This one was way too on the fucking nose. Like it was it, it, it that right there annoyed me then the dialogue was just so cringeworthy. Yeah. Yeah, like, and the stories, I'd say out of the four stories, two of them were entertaining, and the other two were in the middle of the road. Yeah. And 
all of them still just kind of felt like uh like the worst episodes of tales from the crypt series like you know which are still you know oh they're watchable but at the same time it's like oh. i don't know the worst episodes are like the third pig and the fucking humphrey bogart one and i can tolerate them <laughs> i but like, I'd probably say the best part is Keith David, because uh, he, he's just great in almost everything. Well, the best part about the first Tales from the Hood was Clarence Williams' thirds. Oh, yeah. So well, this is sense. the part that annoyed me though. They reused the the whole the shit joke. Oh yeah. But and uh, it it felt forced, very very forced in this one. And uh, yeah, this was a huge huge disappointment for me. I well, I mean, did you really expect it to be good? I expected it to at least be okay because and entertaining. I had no expectations of quality <laughs> whatsoever. I wanted it to be at least entertaining. Yeah, and like <clears throat> it was like the fact that I, the fact that they even like when they announced this, I didn't really believe it was going to happen. I was like, ha ha, yeah, okay, guys, whatever you say. And then right. they released the the release date came out right. Because <laughs> I remember when we first talked about the release date on here. Like, one of the first episodes. Right. Uh, but, yeah, man. Well, we followed this one from the beginning. We did. <laughs> Didn't have much of a life, but we did it. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to give this one a 5 out of 10. That sucks. Aww. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Like, Aww. there are some fun parts to it. Like, Yeah, there was some weirdness. But it just... It, like, well, I'll watch it, and then I'll, I'll let you know what I think in the next episode. Okay, because, yeah, it was groan-inducing. Many, many times. Uh, and then the last movie I ended up watching... Or, nope, I, could, I forgot to put it on here as well. Uh, two movies left. Uh, I ended up watching the 77 film uh, Haosu. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's fun. I <laughs> that, like movie's that movie's so insane. That's very yeah. weird. And it looks beautiful with the Criterion Blu-ray of it. Just with the colors and just... I kind of wish I would have bought that during the sale. Like, that was mainly what I was looking for during that sale. Because yeah. I was like, I need to get that movie on Blu-ray. It was it's it's bananas. If you have not seen it, I, there's no yeah, way I can explain it. It's definitely bananas. It's like uh, an Asian episode of Scooby Doo on acid. Yeah, that's a good description. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that that's very fitting actually. And that's I mean I just kind of lifted that description from DVD Delirium. I think is where I read that, but it's accurate. <clears throat> yeah, that movie's still a lot of fun. I would. I I would still give that one an eight out of ten. We covered that on Horror Drunks, didn't we? Yeah, we did our Criterion episode. Yeah, yeah, the the Japanese Criterion episode. Yeah, but then the last one that I watched was with Tim. I rewatched Puppet Master: The Littlest Wreck because I got it on 4K. I'm gonna take that with me too. Oh wait, it's 4K. Uh, well, it comes it, with the Blu-ray. So. He's, oh, okay. he's got the Blu-ray in there. That's a damn good movie. Yeah, I I'm excited to see a Puppet Master movie that I might like because there aren't any after the third one that I like. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So, and there are what like twelve or something. Uh, I think like eight, thirteen, Jesus and then Christ. this one, and then they're because uh, Charles Band's not stopping making them either. He said right, so he's going to continue with his version and let oh, this I mean, series go. I mean, as long as their quality or whatever. Yeah. Well, the ones that he's continuing with are the bad quality ones. Oh, and this is the reboot of the series type. You know, whole new like uh, alternate universe style okay. that they're going. With. I gotcha. I gotcha. And. Yeah, this one, I'm thinking you will probably not like most of the characters in it, like, just because of, like, how they are, but I think the gore and like the body count die. 
Yeah, and the body count alone will just make you enjoy this film a lot. Like, this is another contender for the year, too. This is up. I have an absolute blast with it. I mean, as long as the horrible, annoying characters get dead, then Most it's, of them, yeah. you know, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. The body count in this is really freaking high, isn't it, mm-hmm. Tim? <laughs> yeah. Okay, kitty. It's going to cut its tongue on that thing. I mean, that's what I'm worried about. Anyway. Kitties can't have coffee. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Seems like a good rule. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Th- so that's everything. Uh, yep. Uh, but I'll right. gi- give that one uh, eight point seven five out of ten. Oh, boy. almost. A, I I might even give it a nine. I just enjoy the shit. You out of it. and your nines. Hey, when I enjoy a movie, I enjoy a movie. You enjoy so, it to the nines. Uh huh. Scott likes movies. I do. But uh, whole nine yards. <laughs> We're going to go take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about Randall's tune from the crypt. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. On this edition of Tunes from the Crypts, I will be covering what I have referred to as my favorite band of the last decade, up to last year, because now they've existed for more than a decade. But uh, up to last year, they were my favorite band of the decade. That would be Finland's Hooded Menace, formed in 2007 by Lasse Pico, who's also in Vacant Coffin, which is a really good death metal band. These guys are Death Doom. They're kind of like a blend of like Asphyx and Winter and like Rune Magic. Uh, never heard of any of them. No, but they all have cool <laughs> names. They're all like early Death Doom stuff. Um, the reason that I'm speaking about them is because like they're called Hooded Menace and they take their name and their aesthetic and their imagery from Batman, the Blind Dead, the Tombs of the Blind Dead movies. <laughs> Uh, the first album is called Fulfill the Curse it's really great it's their second best album their second album Never Cross the Dead is their best album and probably in my top three Death Doom albums of all time oh nice it's very very good their third album Darkness Drips Forth is very cool and also an interesting change of pace for the band the first two albums had I think seven songs apiece and some of their songs are fairly long, like seven, eight minutes or whatever, but this fourth album it only has four songs, and they're 11, 11, 9, and 10 minutes apiece. Oh, wow. Yeah, really, like, epic, <laughs> really epic songwriting on that one. Very cool. Uh, their most recent album, Aswarium Silhouettes Unhallowed, came out this year, and it's, so far, it's in my top five of the year. It might 
drop before the end of the year because stuff is still coming out and I'm like I'm still getting stuff like this yeah, it is, seems like you're getting like new CDs mm-hmm. this is a really stellar year for death metal I've bought like a dozen death metal CDs this year and they're all really really good so it's some stiff competition they also have a compilation CD called Gloom Immemorial that compiles all of their splits and EPs. They have like a split with Asphyx and a split with Coffins and another split and a couple of EPs. It's a very cool compilation. And that, like, if you have all of their full links in that compilation, you basically have their entire discography. Oh, nice. <laughs> They're really cool. They're not just limited to songs about the blind dead. But, I mean, you know, they've, they've written songs about Nashy movies and Hammer stuff, and they use audio samples from, like, Vincent Price movies and all of the, the stuff that you would expect from a, a cool horror metal band. But one of the things that sets them apart from a lot of the horror metal that I'm into is that they focus more on, like, the gothic horror, the classic horror of the 60s and 70s. Oh, that's cool. A lot of the other horror metal bands are all about, like, the slasher stuff and, like, late 70s through the 80s stuff. And right. So it's a it's a neat change of pace for them to focus on, like, the Hammer stuff and the Amicus stuff and Vincent Price and Paul Nashy and whatnot. That's awesome. They're super heavy, really, really good riffs. Like, the, the little intro that I wrote for the podcast is super inspired by this band. Lasse Pico is... A ridiculously good fucking riff writer. The guy's just a riff machine. Um, Hell yeah. Suggested tracks would be Love Song of Gotho, Hunchback of the Morgue from their first album, Fulfill the Curse, House of Hammer from their second album, Never Cross the Dead, or Crumbling Insanity from their third album, Effigies of Evil. What song are we listening to now in the background of our mind? Oh, uh, probably House of Hammer, I think, was the one I was going to say that we should use. Sweet. Yeah. So, a little foreshadowing for the next installment of Tunes from the Crypt. It will also be about a Blind Dead-centric band. So, that's a little hint as to who I'll be talking about next time. Bonus points if you can guess. Post on the podcast page any of your guesses. I don't think it was. <laughs> if you're right, Listening Randy, Randy, will, Randy or, will buy you candy yeah. or something. <clears throat> Randy will buy you candy. I don't know if I take candy from Randy. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Uh-huh. True. Uh, well, now I guess we can get into our featured reviews, uh, starting off with uh, The Legend of Hell. cannibalism, drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, mutilation. How did it end? 
If it had ended, we would not be here. inside me even as i'm speaking to you, i can i can i can feel him just waiting in there to take over the house tried to kill me it almost succeeded i don't accept this i do not accept this So for our first film, I guess we're <laughs> we're, we're covering uh, 1973's *The Legend of Hell House* by John Howe or who? Howe? How? Did you say Howe? It, it was was Hogue. it John Howe? It's H O U G H. But that's the the first name is right, John. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're written, prepared. Written by Richard Matheson, based on his novel, which bears more than a striking resemblance to Shirley Jackson's *The Haunting of Hill House*. It stars Roddy McDowell of, you know, Fright Night and Planet of the Apes fame. Okay. Everybody loves Roddy. Yeah, Roddy McDowell's awesome. Like, if you don't like Roddy McDowell, you can just fuck off. Okay. Fuck off, Tim. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know who he is, but I did after watching this, so I know He's who he is. He's great. Yeah. He's that guy. Beware the beast man. I could just listen to him deliver monologues <laughs> all day. So it's about a group of, like, you know, paranormal investigators, fucking, like... Uh, One that's based on science. Yeah, f- and physical... Physical, phenomena. spiritual yeah, medium. Me- yeah, physical, spiritual medium, and, like, a spirit, like a regular spiritual medium. Yeah. <laughs> and they go to this house, Hall House. Is it Hall House? I or? think so. No, I think it, no, I think it is just Hell House. Is it Hell House? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, what the fuck was the guy's name? Hall House, you're thinking is Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, there was like that. There are so many of these fucking movies, goddammit. Um, <laughs> the Blasco family or whatever inhabited this house, and he was an evil fuck that cursed the property forever with like the evil things that he did there. Yeah, he was. And he like... was so evil that his <clears throat> psychic energy still possesses the property and can manifest like physically and. He's extremely powerful. Yep. Yeah. And there are just, you know, there there are kind of a lot of these movies. Like, that's basically what Night of the, Night of the Demons is a ripoff of this, and The Red Sun Tower is a ripoff of this. But this, in a big way, is a ripoff of The Haunting, or The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. I mean, 
the stories are very similar. It's about a group of like psychics and mediums that go to a haunted house to exercise it, and hmm. and I believe that's actually a Netflix series is coming out about that. Really oh, really? Oh, okay. And a lot of a lot of other big name things have like ripped off that story and that story in and of itself is kind of rip off of a real life story the winchester house story which has oh, yeah, just yeah. recently been adapted to film and like it was not good from what i heard yeah i can't imagine that it was but like stephen king's rose red is a big rip off of this story and the winchester story that all of these are kind of ripped off from okay it's it's a cool movie it has a lot of good use of angles and stuff and like awesome set pieces yeah there's yeah, some that's, like that's the one thing i liked is like the it, set design it even seemed like rooms were wholly color coordinated with like wardrobe and stuff almost like it was it was pretty yeah and this movie it oozes sexuality but doesn't really touch on it nearly as much as the book does probably not as much as the book but for a pg film it does show that like you get to see that girl naked even if it is like bathed in shadow or whatever yeah. and there's a lot of like they they allude to the orgies and things that occurred in the house and the sexual like the perverse sexuality the perverse sexuality <laughs> well and then if you uh even look in the background like a lot of the pictures are of like nude women and naked men and right there's like it's there's a lot of like just deviant stuff. Oh, and like you know the the one dude's wife is all possessed and like coming on to Roddy McDowell and trying to get him to fuck her like right there in the yeah, the yeah. main room and stuff. Touch which, me or I'll find someone who will. You know, which the story behind that's interesting because uh, the whole reason like cause, like in this it really didn't go into it, but uh, Doctor Barrett, the scientist, yeah, uh, in this normal scientist guy, you know, nothing wrong with him. But in the book, he had polio, so everything down oh, below so didn't work. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so like her getting possessed and wanting to have sex is because of her sexual repression and all that. Well, and, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because the movie yeah. really just kind of made it to seem like I'm just going to possess her and just make her have sex. Right. Yeah, weird. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, because yeah, he couldn't. Uh, he had to have like a cane to walk and everything like that. So yeah, he he was basically crippled down there for sure. It's a really cool film. I like it a lot. Is it still better than The Exorcist for you? I like them about equally, honestly. They're, I would give them both like an 8 out of 10. Oh, you just ruined the rating for yours. <laughs> no, he didn't. He gave it. Oh, whatever. He I just, mean, He just gave his rating. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, Spoiler. It's, uh, no, it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, it's one that I didn't see until adulthood, really. I didn't see it as a kid. Okay, here, I, yeah. and I always like I always got it confused with with uh, Hell House or Hell Knight. Hell Knight. Oh, Hell Knight. Yeah. Like when somebody would say, "Like, have you seen the Legend of Hell House?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I think so." Is that the one with Linda Blair? And because it wasn't. no, but and then I was wrong, and it, it wasn't until like my mid twenties that I saw this and was finally like, "Oh, yeah, those are two completely different movies." I think this is one that I watched way before you then because I watched this. Uh, because my stepdad had his video collection, and it was in there, and I ended up just kind of looking for horror movies back in the day and seeing the cover of The Cross falling on the lady and right. uh, watched it back then, though it had been many, many, many years until I'd read the book or anything like that. and Yeah, like, I, I enjoyed it back then, and, like, anytime I 
uh, heard someone talk about it. I was like, oh yeah, I need to watch that movie again. And then just never could find it until I got that Scream Factory Blu-ray. <laughs> then I was able to watch it. And I've watched it like three times since I've got the Blu-ray. I only recently acquired the DVD. It's like, it's not one that I see in the wild too terribly often. No. And no, I want to say it might even be out of print now, the DVD. I'm sure it's like, you know, who cares because the Blu-ray's out now. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, like, there are, like, obviously, like, a lot of crazy book differences. But uh, before I jump into those, Tim, did you want to, like, say anything here but, like, about the movie itself? Oh, uh, no, not especially. I, I dug the general art direction of it. Like, the the whole, all the scenes were pretty. It was an older movie. Um, it was slower paced for the most part. I just love Roddy McDowell, man. That guy, like, he goes off. He gets fucking, like, real jazzed up. And and one, uh, another thing with him, too, from the book, too, uh, like, the whole scene when he's in that living room by himself and all of a sudden he just kind of randomly twitches and falls to the ground and just starts spasming. In the book, that's because he decides, because this whole entire time when he's in this house, you know, he he was there when he was a kid, like, right. well, like a teenager. So he's coming back, the only survivor, and when he goes there, he shuts himself off completely psychically from the house. Right, so that it can't fuck with him. Yeah, and then when that during that scene is when he actually opens himself up to the house, and that's when just everything just bombards him, and that's why it goes into those spasms and falls right. to the ground. And, like, you know, there's certain things about this movie that don't really give much of an explanation. Yeah, you can kind of put some things together, but some things just, like, it feels like there's something missing. Right. And like, maybe he should have explained that at some, like, afterward or whatever. Right. Like, with just a bit of exposition. Yeah, because, yeah, like, just that scene, you're just like, what just happened? <laughs> but, like, in the book, yeah, it goes through the whole detail of him, like, just being, like, freaking out because he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. And he does it, and the house just attacks him, basically, because <laughs> of how much violence is in there. And, yeah, this is, uh... What was I going with this? Uh, the whole story of how it became haunted and everything like that. Like, the in-depth details that they go into in the books of what uh, Emmerich Belasco did there. Like, yeah, obviously he invited all these people over for this massive party and they were... He's like, you know, there's no rules, you know, have fun, do what you will. And, right. like, it just got, to, you know, debauchery of, like, the orgies and all that stuff. But then he, like made it so, like, had so much fun, like, he drugged them, and they started doing, like, all these different drugs, and they ended up staying there, like, so long that they didn't want to leave the house, and the longer they stayed, he would slowly fade away and just kind of stay in the shadows and watch, because for a while he was participating, and then he just faded away because he was getting bored of it, and just watching from the shadows as people just kept devolving more and more and more to necrophilia, cannibalism, um... Just straight out murder. And, yeah, just yeah, all sorts of fucked yeah. up shit. Well, yeah, I mean, Roddy McDowell lists, he gives a little list of all the stuff that took place in the house. Yeah, in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I say, it's it's been over a month since I watched the movie. I'm just going off the book now. For right. References here. But yeah, like just some of the vile shit that happens there. And then in the cathedral, uh, they walk in, or is the, the chapel. Yeah. They walk into that chapel where like most of the vile evil is at and uh you see that uh crucified jesus on the like the statue of him and in the book it's like a sexually explicit version of him like he's got an extremely massive penis oh right yeah and it's like erect and then there's uh like pictures of people having orgies all over the walls in the chapel and stuff like that too it's 
Hmm. Like, the whole entire house just, like, oozes sex and just depravity throughout, like, in the books. And then uh, there was one scene in the book, too, that I wish was in the movie, but happened in the sauna where uh, Dr. Barrett gets attacked by the entity after his wife comes in and tries to fuck him when he doesn't work down there. So she, like, slams his head into the back of the wall and just locks him in the sauna and walks away. And then, like, shit just starts happening to him in the sauna. And, like, yeah, there's, like, some more cool scenes like that. And uh, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that they just had to nix because of budgetary constraints. Yeah. yeah. It would have been hard to implement certain things, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah and in, I in think, 1973. And, you know, they kind of only stuck to certain rooms in the movie. Like, like, there's no way that they had the same budget that Friedkin had for The Exorcist. <laughs> no, they had no way. But, yeah, you know, they stuck to certain rooms in this, like, specific rooms and never really strayed from there. But apparently there was, like... Uh, auditoriums and dance halls and all sorts of stuff throughout that you know gets brought into the book. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have seen some of that stuff, but right, you, you know, on a budget like that, it's probably hard to find a place that has rooms like that. Right, it's yeah. not the Overlook Hotel. Right, exactly. And uh, but yeah, this uh, even the ending, like this is the one thing I did not like about the movie is just the oh, weird. Like, ending. You weren't only five. You were only five foot tall, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how you beat the ghost. You yeah. challenged his Napoleon complex. Yeah, that's and then it was pretty much over. And short motherfucker. Behind the book, there's like this whole battle where like uh, Blasco like straight up attacks and kills uh, Doctor Barrett and uh, drowns him outside in like this pool and like. They just throws him against the chandelier in the movie. Yeah, like his death was much more brutal in this book. And then, uh, what was it? uh, Again? Yeah, she does that. (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah, like the way he attacks, like all, like he individually goes after everybody. He brings back uh, Doctor Barrett's body and like makes it like act like it's coming after his wife just to fuck with her and make her break down even more. That's cool. Yeah, like, there's some really fucked up shit that happens, and, like, it's just a lot more drawn-out final confrontation. Than... Right. <clears throat> but, like, yeah. So, go read the book. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... If yeah. if you like to read, or, like, Scott, who doesn't actually read books, Yeah, I do the audio book. Go listen to the book. Go listen to the book. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, you guys want to just jump into ratings in this one? Eight yeah. out of ten. Yo, oh, damn, what a surprise. <laughs> I know, you guys didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Uh, I, I actually, I thought this was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie, but it, for its time, it was actually very cool. Um, some of the acting was great, and then in other parts, it was meh. I give it a, a seven. That's a fair score. Yeah, I would, uh, I really enjoy this movie. Like, yeah, it's, for an hour and 20, there is some, like, kind of downtime, but, like, the story is kind of, like, intriguing enough to where I'm just focused on it the whole time. Um... Yeah, like I, I would give this about a seven point seven five. Whoa! Like I, I enjoy it. It's up there. It's now this one the though, stars. I would love to see someone do a, a new adaptation adaptation of the book. Right. Like, and just be able to go a little more crazier and rated R type violence and nudity and all that. I could get behind that. If a good director was on board and they were using like practical effects and not a bunch of CG, CG. Right, exactly. Which, unfortunately, you know, it's a ghost story, so it most likely would be CG. Yeah, probably. Well, a little bit of it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean you know, a little bit, but let's be tasteful. But yeah, um, so yeah, at our next film, we'll jump right into that, and that is We Are Still Here.
it silly. But I really can feel something here, Paul. So what are we going to do about it? What if Jacob and May came up for the weekend? She told me once that people pay her to do seances. This house has an energy all its own. We don't need to find the darkness here, Paul. It's everywhere. You satisfy the darkness. Every 30 years or so, the goddamn place just wakes up. And it demands new blood. Alright, so our next movie is We Are Still Here, directed by, I'm going to butcher this name, Ted Geogigan. Geo Jigen, I don't know how to pronounce it. That's, anyway, it's from 2015. <laughs> it's on Dark Sky. Yep, stars Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden as the two that I know. I'm yeah. not sure about any of the other actors. If you're not familiar with Larry Fessenden, he's a writer, director, actor. He did a movie called The Habit back in the 90s, like a kind of a indie vampire film that's pretty cool. Okay. <clears throat> directed a lot of newer films that have come out lately too that i need to check out and what he produced like house of the devil you said yep yeah and he's this isn't his first dark sky film either he was in stake land also yeah dark sky seems to put out some pretty decent movies sure yeah hmm but uh this also starts who barbara crampton yeah i was just gonna say if you don't know who barbara crampton is get off this podcast podcast. and tim you can actually stay i do know who she is yes She's I'm proud of you. Sexiest, well, you yeah. most wonderful American scream queen. Ever. Scott talks about her a lot. She is like to this day my crush. I, I still have like she's my actress crush. Yeah, if I met Barbara Crampton, I would be very flustered and just have <laughs> it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say, and I I'm just gonna. Duh, I like you. I really love <laughs> you. And from beyond, when you. Oh. We're in the S&M gear. Oh, Wait, shit. Never mind. <laughs> I really liked your reanimator to the that table. scene where the guys... Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and body double where you're fucking that... Uh... Oh, and chopping mall and... Oh, uh... shit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... <laughs> we Are Still Here is... Uh, the synopsis is... In the cold, wintry fields of New England, a lonely old house wakes up every 30 years and demands a sacrifice. And that's just like the basic storyline. What it's really about is the Sacchetti family processing the grief of losing their son a couple of months earlier. And they find yeah. a great deal on this house in the country and they move there and they're like they're just trying to put their lives back together, you know. Yeah. And then but they bought the wrong fucking house. Yeah, in the wrong town. In true horror movie fashion, they bought the wrong fucking house and in a weird fucked up town, too. It's it's very much a nod to a lot of Fulci stuff, specifically the house by the cemetery. You're yeah, a lot on the, these parts, are you? But a lot of the characters in this are named after characters from House by the Cemetery, well, yeah, if I, I mean, remember correctly. The main character's last name is Sacchetti, and that's named after Dardano Sacchetti. The I mean, he was like screenwriter on a ton of Fulci films and hmm. Argento stuff, and just like a really, really prolific Italian horror gallo screenwriter. Uh, there's a little nod to the Beyond, where the uh, the electrician gets attacked in the basement. 
Oh, That's yeah. Kind of I didn't think about that one. Reminiscent oh. of Joe the Plumber being attacked in the basement of the hotel in The Beyond. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have Tim watch that one of these days. The Beyond, huh? It also has some eyeball trauma, which is, as everyone yes. knows, very much Fulci's. Yeah, that's his his fetish, is fucking putting people's eyes out. This one is, like, pretty, pretty fucking gory once it gets yeah. going. Yeah, oh my god, that last half hour yeah, is once, insane. Once the, the siege on the house begins, it's very, very violent. Yeah, and I wa- when I watched this for the first time, like, back in 2015... I did not expect this movie to be anything like this at all. Not yeah. at all. I bought it on a, like, I used to go to family video a lot and just buy stuff whenever it was two for five or whatever. And it's like, oh, new horror movie, two for five, Barbara Crampton, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And it's it was, like, really pleasant surprise. I was not expecting it to be good, let alone so good that I would want to rewatch it multiple times and talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, like, everything works about this, like, the the feeling of isolation, even in a, even the, in a town. Yeah, the winter setting works well. Like, yep. winter is always mm-hmm. more unforgiving and cold, and you feel, like, a greater sense of dread and hopelessness, I think. Yeah, and the weird contrast of the bitter cold to the... The super burnt, hot basement. Yeah, the yeah. super hot basement and the and burning ghosts. Yeah, the ember, like, the charred burning ghosts. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an interesting contrast I never thought of. <clears throat> One thing about this movie that is very subtle is that it it might it might well be set in the 80s. You have no yeah. idea because the technology, you never see any technology that's more advanced than like the 90s maybe. Yeah, right. If that, like there's a scene where the hippy dippy couples kid and his girlfriend are driving where you see some like 90s cars in a driveway briefly, but other than that all of the cars are 70s and 80s cars. Mhm. The stereo that's in the house is a fucking turntable, eight-track combo. Right. The clothes are all very, like... Yeah, nobody has a cell phone. This is how you do... Yeah, nobody has a cell phone. This is how you do a nod to the 80s. Yeah, because you just you don't go, it's, hey, it's here's so the 80s. It's so subtle that you don't even fucking notice that it's happening. Yeah, it doesn't need to have every movie that has to be set in the 80s. It doesn't need to have a, a thing in the beginning that says, so-and-so time of the year, 1984 or whatever. Yeah, because there is no need for it in this. Yeah, and Good yeah, movie. like yeah, even like just uh, <clears throat> the way the family just feels like even isolated when they're in the town because how everyone's right. just kind of like staring at them. And just One of those yeah. small <laughs> towns where everyone is like weird and creepy and connected, and they don't like outsiders. Like, I don't know. This is far from a perfect movie. It has its hangups, like. The cliche of, like, something evil waking up, blah, 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 needing yada, yada, yada. That's, Every certain amount of years. Yeah, that's that's Every pretty so well-tread at this fucking point. And some of the acting is not great. Like, the guy that they got to play Barbara Crampton's husband is easily the weak leak in the film. Yeah. He's just okay. He could have been a lot more intense. Yep, I enjoyed Larry Fessenden's character, especially when he gets possessed. Oh, oh yeah. he was Those fucking like, creepy. <laughs> when he's like, he just starts off talking normally, and then he's like, strip the flesh from his bones. And yeah. like, rot like wasted meat. And like, whoa. <laughs> just yeah. like, you know, imagine that that's, he's talking about someone that you love, and like, you're trying to have a seance or whatever, and like, what the fuck, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah that scene is very effective. 
where he like swallows the sock and shit and like yeah <laughs> and then more eyeball trauma with fireplace poker yeah oh yep oh yeah, yeah isn't that, that's like right before the siege too i think and you're just like fuck uh yeah it's a little <laughs> bit before that yep and then the other eyeball trauma being when the hippy dippy couple's kid gets killed on the basement stairs and uh yeah, the dagmar puts his, his thumbs out, through yeah, his eyes yeah. oh yeah and I then can't. I love that scene good, too. Good, good kills in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they like rip the dude's fucking whole torso open. Oh man! <laughs> like Jesus. And then like the one scene like earlier, uh, the son's uh, girlfriend as she's running screaming from the house. You're thinking she's gonna get away, right? And all of a sudden you just see the hand just like rip, rip through, through her, her while yeah. she's driving. I'm like, nope, she's yeah, gone. She gets a little <laughs> glimpse of Dagmar in the rearview mirror, and then. And that's, yeah. I mean, the fact that the the evil isn't, like, isolated to the house. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they're letting you know. It's like, it'll Well, they kind of allude you. to that, too. Like, the guy says the one year that it didn't get its sacrifice, it spread throughout the town and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah and that's is, why they do the sacrifice. Which is yeah, and, like, you know, they were in the house for a couple of weeks, and yeah. they didn't kill that family, so maybe that's why they had the power to do that at that point. I don't know. Right? I don't know. Hopefully the ghosts go around and just kill everybody in that town afterwards, because, you know, fuck I them. think they probably killed most of them yeah, yeah. during at the siege. Point, yeah, mo- yeah, a lot yeah. of them. A lot of the dickheads. I like the least. way that they were just, like, pulling people into the house, like, yeah. through the stairs <laughs> and under yeah. the table and shit. And you just see, like, the blood. Yeah, the blood shoots yeah. out of the fucking, the weird little thing in the basement. Yeah, it was cool. And, like, I liked how even the ghosts, like, even their touch was just burning yeah. fire because, like, yeah. you, you hear them screaming when anybody touched them, and mm-hmm. like the ghosts are very cool. I love the like the they're like Balrogs or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very charred and smoky, and like you just see like the embers like shooting off of their bodies and stuff. Like uh, yeah. that's where CGI can come in handy. Yeah, the little cracks in their bodies that look like you know burning embers and stuff, and mm-hmm. like yeah, the, those are neat little CGI enhancement touches, but. Most of the coolest stuff in this movie was practical. Like yeah. when Barbara Crampton stabs that lady in the neck with a fistful of fucking steak <laughs> knives. Oh man, <laughs> that was fucking. Vi- and then she just sits there and watches her just like just die out. Yeah, the blood, the arterial spray. Yeah, good stuff. This one's good. Yeah, this is a great revenge story too, which is kind of neat. Like, yeah. it's a ghost revenge story. Right. Yeah, with the like the when they kill like the main baddie old dude and his head just like oh yeah yep man the fucking the gore here is pretty pretty sublime you gotta you gotta love it this will make any Falchi fan proud like they did a great job with I'm it. sure that there are gonna be plenty of detractors that are just like have a problem with it because it's new and well whatever. yeah there will always be those people but it's I like I genuinely can't find enough fault with it to dislike it yeah yeah, this is a really fun movie. If you have not seen it, I'm not sure if it's still on there, but if it is, I think it might still be on Netflix. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it has, fun. like, cool end credits sequence with uh, oh, the news all clippings? the newspaper clippings, like, explaining what happened. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, a little post credit sequence. That's pretty cool. I don't, it's I just the post sequence. It's just, like, the living room with the fireplace burning and... Yep. There's, like, a single note struck on the piano, and it just, like, fades to black. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we watched it. Pretty cool little, like, it's still there sort of thing, you know? Right. It's there waiting for its next sacrifice. And I get from, like, the ending that the Sachetis didn't escape the house, that they the house took them, too. 
Yeah, because it never did show them leaving. No, it's like the dad opens the basement door and he says, hi, Bobby. And so I get the impression that they just, you know, stay there with their kid. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah, you guys want to just go to ratings on this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll go first on this one. Um, Go first, Scott. Man, I... I think I want to give this one a nine out of ten. Ooh, I just enjoy this you a lot. I, I know <laughs> I rate things high, but they're the movies I know I love. So Scott's a nine. I give it an eight point five out of ten. Okay, all right. I give it's it really solid. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it an eight. I, I I enjoyed it. Fun, fun movie. Good gore. Yay! Awesome. Because yeah, that it's a movie that makes nods to its inspirations in a way that doesn't fucking like bludgeon you in the head, you know? Right. Well, I haven't even seen the movies that it's supposedly based off of, but hey, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll eventually cover those, I'm sure. I know you will. Because it'll be fun to because you still haven't really seen too much Ita- I don't think you've seen any Italian horror. Uh. So, yep, that'll be something we'll have to <laughs> dip into for you. <laughs> Break you in slowly with American and stuff like that now and then. <laughs> Okay, whatever. But, uh, yeah, uh, before we <laughs> jump into what we'll be doing next, uh, I'm going to do our plugs. Uh, you know, make sure to go to iTunes, give us a rating, review us, please, if you could. Uh, we're on, we're on, uh, what was it now? What the hell is the name? Of, uh, Podbean. Podbean. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Not we are, Spreaker, but Podbean. Yeah. yeah. And we are uh, proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, Legion. so check us out on legionpodcast.com slash podca- the podcast by the cemetery. Uh, you can get all of our episodes there. You can, I believe it links you to the iTunes feed. I'm not sure on that one exactly. Do you have but, the iTunes? Uh, and then uh, <laughs> check us out on Facebook. We're at the podcast by the cemetery Facebook group. Uh, yeah, we post in there regularly and I always talk about what we're doing next and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've heard this many a times before. Uh, you can email us at the podcast by the cemetery at gmail.com. If you have any questions you want to have us answer on the air, go for it. Any suggestions, whatever, just message us. Uh, and then you can also check us out on Twitter at podcast cemetery. Twitter. Uh, but for <laughs> the next episode, we are going to uh, dive into some Halloween horror. All right, it's ghost the schools and goblins on Halloween night. Yay! And some clowns. Yeah, oh. <laughs> specifically Art the Clown from Terrifier. Oh. Oh. Yeah, if you haven't watched Terrifier, like definitely fucking watch it. It's on Netflix right now. You have no excuse. Yes, and it's it's, it's gonna be fun to talk about what, that. What one. about what the fact that do? I don't want to watch it? Or actually, yeah, let's just kind of because uh, what we could do Night of the Demons. Yeah. Could hmm. do that one. I've never. Yeah. Ever. Tim's not seen it, so it'd be kind of a fun '80s one. Duh. All right, let's do that one. Have I not right. seen it? I haven't seen it. No. Okay. Eat a bowl of fuck. <laughs> I am here to party. <laughs> All right. Now I'm excited. That'll be fun. That'll All counteract right. the terrible clown movie you guys are going to fucking force me to watch. <laughs> not mouse. And especially uh, Art the Clown Nightmares. Yeah, he's super uh, good, this guy, playing he, Art the is Clown. Is he a mime? Or a cl- he's more you. of a mime. He's both. He's a mime and a clown. He doesn't that. speak. So. That makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Until next time. Last one out closes the coffin door. See ya.